Let's pray, shall we? Father, we're very, very aware that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, that you do everything by your word. Your word became flesh. Your word divides spirit, soul, joints, and the marrow. Your word is revealed in us and through us for us to be able to live your will. Lord, you sent your word and healed everybody. You cast out spirits with a word. You spoke your word and all things were made. And that's the word that we are opening our hearts to hear right now. Father, in expectation, we declare we're not pathways, weed patches, stony ground. Lord, we declare it and we believe it. We are good ground for your word. And as we receive your word and with understanding, humility, we accept your word and we thank you, Lord, that we shall receive understanding, insight by your spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal God's word to us today and how it applies to us individually. Lord, as we commit to being those who do your word and not just hear your word only, we thank you for that harvest. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 We've been going through an understanding and a bit of a journey through Arise. Rise up. Rise up. The key often in God's Word, in so many examples, so many circumstances, so many situations, God would promise something, He'd say something, He'd do something, He'd lead His people, and then He'd say, now get up, (laughs) get up and do it, rise up and do it. And um, there are times when people said that to each other. There are times when people said that to themselves. But it seems to me to be such a key that we have God's grace, we can't do anything without Jesus. Nothing at all. Without him, we can't do anything. But the good news is we've got him. If you've received Jesus Christ as Lord, you've got him. I don't mean that to sound crass, but that's the situation. He has come and made his home in us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we have his grace. We have his name. We have his faith. We have his joy. The Bible says, be being filled with the Spirit. Let that happen over and over and over and over. It's not just a faith that I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, absolutely, I'm full of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. But hey, I want to be filled again. I want to be filled again. Let it be like a a pouring out, not just a one-time filling. If you fill, have you ever had a drink from something that was filled uh, like three years ago? You drink it and it's got green furry bits on top. No, you've got to get some fresh oil and some fresh water. We keep all the plastic that, you know, we use. We go out for a day. We take a bottle, just tap water. That's just how we've always done it. And sometimes, oh, yeah, I'll just grab a bottle of water. And then you taste it and you think, God, that's old. (laughs) I want to be a sweet-smelling aroma to Jesus Christ. I I want to taste fresh today and be... You know, it says be instant, in season and out of season. It means be ready, be prepared, be, be right. So we've got God, but, 
But I seem to find that in God's word, God says, get up. It's now's the time. Do it. Be it. Rise up. Don't wait for me, God says. Come on, I'm waiting for you. Go and be all I've called you to be. Step out of your boat. Put your hand to the plow. Lay hands on the sick. Give and it'll be given unto you again. Share the love of God with somebody. Come on, step out of your boat and do it in Jesus' name. And we've seen a number of of examples in God's Word about how God himself rises up and the results of that. We started to look last week. We're going to close today. That's the plan anyway. We're going to close today, tongue in cheek, um, that God said to Abram, rise up, walk in the land. Rise up, walk in the land. Don't just have a vision, walk in your vision. Do something about it. Hope deferred will make you sick. But get up and walk in that which God has given you. We've seen that God said then to Abraham, arise, saddle your donkey. Look at someone say, saddle your donkey. Yeah, we've been through this. Just be obedient. Just do what you need to do. Just don't say, oh, I don't do it. I'll, I'll pray about this. Abraham just got up and saddled his donkey. He just did it. Even if he had questions, he put the saddle on the donkey. Even if he didn't quite understand everything, he just saddled his donkey. He went and did it. Then we found out that God said to Joshua, the last season's gone, now it's your turn. It's your turn now. And sometimes we want to look back and say, well, the last people or they should have done it or somebody else's responsibility. But we found out it was my turn now. We found out that Samuel had to anoint the next king. And he looked at all the qualifications that should have impressed everybody. And it wasn't that. And then he said, arise and anoint David. And for us to influence our world, we need to go to a higher place. Arise and anoint. You don't throw oil up. You don't throw it sideways. You pour it down. We're going to anoint our workplace by being in a higher place. We're going to anoint our society by being in a higher, a higher place. And we, and we understood, I've had so many questions. People say, what are the seven mountains, the seven pillars? It's all on Google. I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> Just type in seven pillars of influence, God, and you'll find it. Okay? And we're all to arise and anoint, whether that's in healthcare, education, finances, judicial system, whatever it is, we're to arise and anoint. But... I just want to bring just a couple more here today, three or four more, and then we're going to make some quality decisions in this place. Is that okay? The next thing I want to say, which is point number five, there's this most amazing thing when Elijah said there's going to be no more dew and there's going to be no more rain. That's how God was going to deal with the stronghold in his generation. A bizarre instruction. Really, how are you going to deal with the witchcraft, God? I'm going to cause a drought. And what that ended up with was Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal and pouring on water that was in a drought. Uh, Just the most amazing thing. A most amazing breakthrough. But he he went from that place of, of speaking to King Ahab. You'll find all this in 1 Kings chapter 17. And then he went to the brook. And God fed him there with ravens and he drank from the brook. 
And we think, oh, this is wonderful. I'll sit here for three years, perhaps Elijah thought. This is it. This is what God's got for me. And this is how it's going to go. And this is how it's going to... Have you ever been in a situation where you think this is how it's going to be? And then all of a sudden everything changes? That's about two of us. Yeah? Everything's always gone according to your plan, has it? According to your expectation, yeah? Oh, I'm just sitting here. This is great. And all of a sudden the brook dries up. The brook dries up. What the, God, what the heck is going on here? Where have the ravens gone? What's going on? I thought I'd sit here for three years and everything would be wonderful. And all of a sudden the brook dries up and the ravens don't turn up with meat and whatever else they were feeding. I don't know if I'd want to eat something out of a raven's mouth. But anyway, if it kept you alive, you eat anything. Roll on, what's his name? Bear Grylls. Some of the stuff that guy eats, it's like, really? And he does it because he seems to enjoy it. I just, the guy needs help. But anyway, amazing. But God said, arise to Elijah and go to Zarephath. Because I've commanded somebody to provide for you there. It's a change. It's a new day. And something that perhaps we need to hear sometimes and what I believe God may be saying for some of us here today, point number five is this, stop camping in the past. Stop camping in what worked before. This has been the, the tragedy of the church of Jesus Christ over the generations. We have a move of God and it's a move of God and the brook's there and the ravens are there and then it dries up and people try to keep it going. We try to keep it going, not realizing that God said, move to Zarephath. There's something new. God always wants to do something new. What he does is he adds to our experience and he adds to our armory and he adds to our understanding and, and who we are and he builds our lives. He didn't just put us in the first thing and keep us there for 70 years as a church or as an individual. He says, I want you to experience that, learn from that. Now we're moving on. Now you know how to be fed from a raven. I'm going to help you in, in a different way. Why? Because I want to produce some oil in jars that will change somebody else's life. All the time we're sitting there drinking from a brook and being fed by ravens, nobody else is getting blessed. Hello? Nobody else is getting blessed. It's just like, well, I'm surviving here. This is wonderful. Three years time, the rain's going to come. We can carry on with life. But God says, come on, you've got to stop camping in the past. Stop camping in the last move. You, you know, in 1993, there was the whole outpouring of the fire of God around the world. The most amazing thing happened. And it was over in Australia. And it was in Toronto. And it was in Queens Road Baptist here. And in all these sorts of different places. And, and the whole charismatic thing, which had been going for 20 or 30 years just exploded and there was an outpouring of joy and laughter and making noises like a pig I don't know what that was about and swimming on the floor I don't know what that was about but hey let's just go with whatever God's doing but dear God 20 years later people are now having conferences light the fire again and they're not talking about a new move. They're talking about trying to, trying to fan into flame that which was 20 years ago. And it's as if God has said, arise, go to Zarephath. There's a new move. Stop camping in the past. Come on, stop camping in the past. Perhaps that's for some, some employments here. Oh, I'm just sticking with it for the rest of my And I know the seasons changed in, in my father's day. He was in the same job for 47 years. 
40, 40, 42 years, I think it was. Same job. No, it couldn't have been that long. He started when he was about 18, and he, and he retired at 65. What's that then? That's 40, 47 years, isn't it? Same job. American Express. Something like that. Isn't that right? I better check with my mum. I'm preaching heresy here. That's right, isn't it? Sorry? About, that's about it. Like 40 years employed with one job, and today you change every five minutes. <laughs> Personal development. Come on, stop camping in there. There's a balance in between those two somewhere. Stop, just look at someone and say, stop camping in the past. What's the next one? Nehemiah 2.20. There's a whole new move going on and Ezra was raised up as a scribe and they had to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem, all that sort of stuff. So that was all happening and God said and they said to the people who were there who were, who were charged with the job and with the role of saying, come on, let's make this happen. And it's, it's a really fantastic scripture that I've prayed on and declared and announced so many times. We will arise and build. I just love it. What a great attitude. We will arise and build. As a church, we're a building church. I don't mean physical building. You know what? When you give your life to Christ, you automatically become a few things. Number one, you become a warrior. You are put into the army. You don't have to enlist, you're put in. You have no choice in the matter. When you give your life to Christ, you become a warrior. Not a warrior, a warrior. Okay? What else? When you give your life to Christ, you put in the family of God. Yeah, don't be that estranged relation that we never see and we don't know about and what's going on. No, come on, be part of the family because you put in the family. You become a brick. I don't mean brick from, is it the office or, or what, what's that, uh, Steve Carell. You don't want to be watching those films. I think his name's just being a brick. Is it brick? Somebody with a brick. Brick. <laughs> it's hilarious. Brick. But we are a brick. Living stones. You don't choose to be a brick. You created a brick. Where are you? Are you in a wall? You being built in or you on a pile over there? says, I'm not being built with anybody else. No, we're brick to brick, stone upon stone. Sometimes the corners need to be knocked off because we need to fit. All that sort of stuff. But something that we absolutely become when we give our life to Christ is we become a person who is in the construction industry. That we become farmers, that's one thing, and we become builders. Now, I know there's an understanding of this outside of Christ, but inside, inside Christ, when we're in Christ, we are people who build. God's a builder. The cornerstone's been laid. The church is built for the generations, and we are individually building with God. We are co-laborers with Him. We are building something out of gold, silver, and precious stones. But to have that Attitude on the, answer, on the inside, we will arise and build. We're going to do this. Don't sit on the sidelines. 
arise and build, not watch what other people are building. Amen? There was a great thing that went out on Facebook this morning. It was hilarious. I shared it, actually. Very rarely I reshare something. And there was a couple of uh, slices of melon that were, I saw them as, as, as a, a very strong royal blue color. And it says, you know, check your eyesight. If you see these as red, you are normal. I thought, oh, I'll see them as blue. He said, if you see them as green, you're a bit weird. If you see them as red, you need to serve more in church. <laughs> it was hilarious. Of course, these things were, so, sorry, whichever way around it was, if you see these as red, you're normal. If you see these as green, you're a bit weird. If you see these as blue, you need to serve more in church. It's like, these things were blue. Everyone's going to see them as blue. But the point was being made. Come on, guys, we don't watch, we build. That's about four of us right now. We're going from two to four. Perhaps we'll get to 150 or whatever we are here this morning on this incredible morning. Arise and build. What's the next one? God said to the man who was paralyzed, he said, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Rise up, take up your bed and walk. And this is a principle we've understood for many years in the church here. But it's this, we've got to do something for our breakthrough. We've got to arise and build. As we get up, the miracle happens. No good lying on the floor and saying, God, heal me. No, we get up and the healing manifests. Arise and build. Arise and take up your bed and walk. And as we move, God moves. As we get up, the power of God's released. The next one, I love Luke chapter 15, and it's the parable of the, of the prodigal son. Uh, probably one of the most well-known parables, so I won't go through it, but, but somebody says, I want my inheritance now, and he goes off and he completely squanders the lot, ends up eating with the pigs, living in the pigsties with the pigs and eating the scraps and all the rest of it. But it says he came to the place where he really said, enough's enough. And he said this, I will arise and go to my father. And I just love that. It's as if, yeah, God hadn't moved. The father hadn't moved. He was out there every day looking to see if the son was coming. How do I know that? Because the day he did come back, the father was looking. That wasn't coincidence. He was out there every day. He was out there every day going, today's the day, today's the day, today's the day. I'm keeping my eyes, I'm not going away, I'm not, I'm not going, uh, this is it. I'm expecting every day. And one day, that son had made the change. And it says the father ran to him. And it says he hugged him. And it says he put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. He killed the fatted calf. But all that happened because the son said, enough's enough. I will arise and go to my father. I will arise. And, I, you know, I can't be preaching about rising up. And, you know, yeah, we're closing this today. But I can't be, I can't be stirring all this up about, come on, arise for your miracle. Arise and build. Arise and be. Arise and take your vision. Arise and take your land. Without putting right in the very heart of this, arise and go to your Father. 
Arise and be restored with God Almighty. Arise and don't live your own way. Live God's way. Arise and go to God. He will accept you no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter what you've thought, no matter what you've stolen, no matter what you're addicted to, no matter who you've hurt, no matter what you've done. God is there. His eyes are looking for you and He will embrace you and He'll put a ring on your finger and clothes on you and He will feed you with the good things of God spread before you in the table, on the table in the presence of your enemies. He will accept you back. Arise and come to your Father. Arise and go home. And I love this, Acts chapter 26, verse 16. The last example as the band comes back up. They've only just got down. Well, they're getting back up. Arise and play your instruments. Arise and lead us in worship. Greg said, I've just got my cup of coffee. Arise. I love this, Acts 26, verse 16. There's the apostle Paul recounting recounting the Damascus Road experience. He's going there to approve of of the death of Stephen and other Christians. And the presence of God comes, knocks him off his horse, blinds him for three days. Most incredible thing. And then he recounts this in Acts chapter 26. And he says how God, you know, I met, I encountered Jesus. And Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And there's that whole bit. And there's, there's Saul down on his knees. And Jesus didn't say, stay there forever. I've got to teach you something. He didn't say, stay there because I need to teach you humility. This is the first encounter. You would think God would have given him like six months to sort him out. Oh, you know, you need a year. Now I know he went off, you know, spent a few years with Gamaliel, 13 years. But on the very day where he encountered God, the Lord Jesus Christ said this, rise up, stand upon your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose to make you a witness and a servant for everything I've called you to. On the first day of his encounter with God, he had to stand up into what God had called him to be. Arise, stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you to make you. Now we all know that everything comes from our relationship with God. No question. Our times on our face, our times on our knees, our times in worship. But we are made as we stand up. We are led on our knees. We are inspired on our knees, but we become as we rise and as we walk and as we be. Oh Lord, I just want to stay in your presence more. You can be in your presence or the presence of God all your life. Get up. Rise up and be.
Oh, but I'm unqualified. <laughs> so was Paul. He was a murderer. Or approving of murder. Oh, but I've not had the education I need. <laughs> God calls you and He calls those things that are weak to bring to nothing the things that think they're strong. For when I'm weak, I'm strong is the story of the gospel. The thorn in Paul's flesh certainly wasn't God who sent it and it was there to restrict him. And he said, but I found out, doesn't matter what's going on with me naturally, the power of Christ rests on me. I can be everything God's called me to be if I only get up. If I only get up. As we close today, what are the things we need to do? Six things, I'm not going to preach on them. Number one, we need to realize that we have a need to rise up. We need to get up in whatever situation we're in. I'm not staying here a moment longer. I'm getting up out of this. In Jesus' name, can I hear an amen? Amen. What's the next one? We need to rise up in our mind first before we ever get up in our circumstance. Because it's not what happens on the outside, it's what's going on on the inside. As a man thinketh in his heart, but the heart thoughts goes to the mind thoughts, creates mindsets, strongholds, good or bad. Is what goes on in the mind. I love this. Gird up the loins of your mind. One translation says this, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for action. Have you ever had to prepare yourself to go into work? I've got to prepare today because I'm facing a challenge. Or I've got to do something. Or I've got to, you know, if you're in authority, you know, perhaps you need to employ somebody. Perhaps you need to sack somebody. It could be perhaps you need to go in and you've got to sort out a problem. You've got to gird up the loins of your mind. I know there's the swallow the frog type of a example. You know, you do the tough thing first. You just got to go in and you got to face it and you got to do it. And the battle's in the mind. I know for me, you know, my mind can go all over the place. I think, man, I've got to deal with this. And I'm not a confrontationist. I hate confrontation. I'll avoid it if that's all possible. But you just got to swallow the frog. You just got to do it. And you got to, you got to win first in your mind before you'll ever win in your circumstance. So gird up the loins. Look at someone say, gird up your loins of your mind. Oh, come on, that sounds like a wet lettuce. Come on, look at someone say, prepare your minds for action. Okay, what's the next one? We need to understand that resurrection life is already on the inside. It's already there. It's already there. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, even so walk in newness of life. Death couldn't hold Him down. Death can't hold you down. You got what it takes. What's the next thing? Make a quality decision to rise up. We're not having a go. We're not trying this and seeing what happens. We're making a quality decision. This is it, I'm getting up. Maybe tough. Maybe something I've been avoiding. Maybe something that I thought, oh no, okay. One day I've got to deal with this. One day, one day I'm gonna stop camping around a dried up brook. I'm gonna stop camping in the past. I'm going to stop just standing on the mountain saying, what a great vision. 
but I'm going to come down and I'm going to walk in the land. But we've got to make a quality decision. I love this. I love Esther 2 Kings, I think it is verse uh, chapter 7. You know, she knew she had to deal with this thing. She knew that God was on her case to sort out the nation and what was going on. And she said, you know what? I'm just going to go for this. If I perish, I perish. What? Now, she wasn't going to perish. It's a bit like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it says, you know what? <laughs> We're not going to bow down. God's going to deliver us. Even if He doesn't, that's not our condition. Even if He doesn't, we're not bowing down. But it was a quality decision on the inside. What is a quality decision? You're never changing from it. You're never diverting from it. You're never going to, you're never going to turn your mind on it and turn around on it. Say, so that's what I'm doing. That's the way I'm going. That's what I believe is right. So let's get on and do it. Amen. Make a quality decision to rise up. And I really want to say this. As we make the quality decision, you can be assured of this. God will never let you down. He will never leave you abandoned. He will never leave you naked. He will never leave, leave you forsaken. You don't have to be concerned that, well, if I step out the boat, am I going to drown? He won't let you drown. He won't let you burn. He won't let you be defeated. He will say, come on, if you step up, if you rise up, if you step out, if you return to your Father, I will be with you every step of the way. I will not allow your foot to stumble. I will not allow serpents and scorpions to take you out of the race. I am with you wherever you Go. I would rather die getting up than live a mere, an average, mediocre life. If I perish, I perish. Next one. Do something by faith. Do something by faith. I've heard so many stories and accounts and one of the most amazing ones was this person completely paralysed not just physically, but it was a sickness in there as well. Gone down to five stone, lying on a board at the, in the room at the back of a healing meeting, Aura Roberts. And around the, in the tent, they'd have all normal sick people. And in the back were the people you couldn't bring in. And what would happen, he would, he would speak and preach. This is back in the 50s. He would speak and preach in these 10 crusades. Then straight away, he would come off of the platform. He would go round the back to all the... All the circumstances that were not brought into the main tent. The people on death's door who were being brought out of the hospitals and out of wherever else. And there was this lady and it was somebody's job to go around because they weren't in the meeting. They had a live link back there and, and it was this person's job to just prepare people by faith. Just prepare them, get faith going. And they'd say, Pastor Oral, we'll be coming back in a minute. He's gonna lay hands on you and I want you to get your faith going right now. And there was this lady on a board And all she could do was blink. That's all she could do. Couldn't move. And this guy, you know, preparing, you know, was going around preparing people and saying, come on, stir your faith. Do something by faith. And, and so she just started to do this. 
because it's all she could do. But she did something by faith. I'm going to do what I can and see what God is going to do on the back of me releasing my faith. And the the story, often I give these first bits of the stories and never tell you the end. Of course, she was laid hands on, she sprung off the bench and she ran around the whole tent, back into the main tent and just the most amazing healings taking place. Why? Because she started to blink. In the offering today, we heard just do something, sow seed into that breakthrough. Do something by faith. And you know what happens lastly as we do something by faith and we rise up, we become contagious. Rise up people who give life to the people around us. As we arise, other people will rise. Did you get anything out of that today? Come on, let's stand to our feet in this place. Yeah, come on. Let's give God some praise right now. Thank you, Lord.